Hello and welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, November 17th. My name is Chris. I'm joined by my co-host and younger brother, Daniel. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Hope you guys are doing grand. Yeah, just feeling good. We're, we're doing a, a telecommunicating podcast version right now. Mm. Typically, for the past what, couple of weeks, we've been doing it live in person. Yeah. Now we're doing it through a webcam again. Um, if you haven't seen us because we don't put out a video version of the <laughs> <Yeah>. show... <laughs> Uh, we we typically for the past what two or three years mm-hmm. yeah record like two hundred miles apart. Two, it's like a hundred miles apart. Okay, a hundred miles apart. And we've been doing this video communication thing way before the uh, the the pandemic came about. We're we're, <laughs> we're early to this game, you know. But yeah, this might be the last time. Hopefully, the last time we have to do this. Yes, because we're going to be moving in together again. So we're going to be doing it live in person a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Still not on video. We're not going to record. No, you guys are not going to see our faces, our, our beautiful faces. But still, it will be an easier setup moving forward. Uh, also to mention, we're like doing it on a Monday right now, which is kind of throwing off our yes. schedule. Just because our mm-hmm. weekend was busy, we couldn't record then. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're moving. We're moving. There's a there's a lot. Of, actually, that's been annoying me a bit. Is I'm just like slowly packing. A lot of people, they do. They pack all that like yeah. what, three days or so, and then they move one day. Right. I'm like taking a month to move move and it's kind of annoying I move very slow in moving and just in life (laughs) in moving um, and in moving (laughs) by the time I finish moving our lease is going to be up (laughs) they kick us out throw stuff out onto the the porch okay <laughs> also like i can't decide like on furniture because yeah we've been arguing I'm about very, that already very picky and it took me a while to pick a bed and now i'm trying to pick uh like a desk and i was like do i want a standing desk do i want a larger desk and I, I ended up choosing a standing desk, but not a large one, like a smaller one. Okay, I see. Why is that? You don't need the extra desk space? Because that's something I've been wanting is more desk space. I, I think for me, more desk space just gives me more room to be messy. Like <laughs> I have a large desk now and half of it is just junk, like old letters I haven't opened and like garbage really so if i don't have that space i can't make room for clutter so that that's my like it's my thought process anyway that's your psychology on the matter okay mm-hmm. i i only have small desks right now and i plan to get a gigantic monitor once we move in like oh, I, that's actually at the top of my list is getting a gigantic monitor for the new room mm-hmm. and that's gonna need more desk space you know proportionately to make up for it <laughs> <laughs> that's my game plan and i'm i'm that's like the main i don't even care about the rest of the apartment it's just my desk is pretty much where I'm going to be living. So how how, uh, how big of a monitor we're we looking at? We're looking at thirty. I'm looking at thirty four. You know, wow, thirty four. Yes, they make thirty two now. Uh, thirty four. They go even bigger than that, which is crazy. It's forty nine inches. Ultra <laughs> ultra wide. It's yeah. a reality. I've. I've been watching a lot of videos for it. I think it's too much for me, too much for me to handle. They make 43 inch, but it's as tall as like, you know, proportionally as tall as a TV. It's not just wide. It's just so bigger. It's just, it's just a TV then. Yeah, basically. I don't know what the difference is really. <laughs> and you need this large of a monitor because you're watching your stocks, right? Is that what you're doing? You're monitoring the, the day? Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I need all those grades <laughs> to, to the moon, as they say. <laughs> 
All right. Well, while you're uh, racking in the dough, I guess, why don't you explain to the listeners how the show works? Here at the show, the Reader Copy Podcast is split up into three bits. First up, we'll talk about the comic book news that came in this week. In the middle, we'll talk about a cool comic book. This time, we're going to be doing a Jurassic Park comic book. Yes. At the end, we'll talk about our side stories. Been watching, reading, whatever entertainment we've been consuming this week. A lot of news to talk about, so let's dive in. A couple of weeks ago, we still talk about it, but DC had Fandome, right? Yeah, for sure. And they announced like a lot of stuff. And then Disney was like, hold my beer. And then they had Disney Day and they announced like a whole bunch of new, mostly, I think it's all just like a series for streaming. Yes. And definitely they were heavy on the Marvel side of things, right? Yeah. Uh, they were holding off on, there's some Star Wars stuff here in between, but a whole lot of Marvel stuff in the lineup coming out, releasing a lot of Disney Plus series coming forth yeah i'll uh there's a whole bunch um can't really hit up too much about everything but why don't you like i'll let you decide what you want to talk about because there's a lot okay you know what i want to talk about first because you know what my favorite property is moon knight moon knight we're gonna see a little bit more of it now Okay, Mark Spector, The Moon Knight, featuring Oscar Isaac himself playing this character. Uh, what do we know about this guy? He has dissociative disorder, and he's mm-hmm. also bestowed uh, like powers of this Egyptian moon god. Yeah. whole lot going I, on I, in this character. We did a, a comic book about it, and I really enjoyed that story. I like the... My favorite part about the book is the moon god guy, because oh, he's really? like talking in his head, right? Yeah. So not only does Mark Spector have to deal with like, is it three personalities? That's what he has in his mind. It's like a variable number, but that's typically okay. like the three typically major. Three, he's got like, right? it's like a cast. He has, he has leads, you know? So he he is all those people to him, like in his mind. Plus, uh, the moon god is also talking to him in his mind, right? Absolutely. So like, as we're to say, but like a third party is in his head. <laughs> There's <laughs> probably like a yeah. 14th party or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And he's like the loudest voice, probably, you know? Mm, yeah. Uh, so what do you think of the, what we saw from it? It was really short. It was like 30 seconds of material, right? Yeah. I like what we saw. Um, you know, Oscar Isaac, he's like a really put together guy when you see him in movies and, and TV shows or whatever. Sure. Like uh, in Dune, he's like the father figure, right? Uh, in right. Um, in uh, Ex Machina, he's like the genius scientist. And this, he's like the frazzled guy. He's like wiry yeah. uh messed up so i want to see his take on that that's what the character really is he's kind of like struggling a lot yeah it's almost like um what do you call that term uh when you can't believe what you're seeing unreliable narrator is that yeah. what it is exactly is that what that's is that what that term is i think so you I, we're both unreliable what on what the term <laughs> is <laughs> So even like the main character doesn't know what's going on. How are we supposed to know what's going on? Right. And we already like see that in like the shots too about like when he like turns away from the reflection, his reflection still stares at us. Really creepy stuff. So some scary factor there. We saw a little bit of him vigilanteing and we see him like jumping rooftops. How did you think that looked? Like it's, we don't get to see a lot of that in Marvel. Yeah. Maybe uh, not a recent stuff, but him like almost like ETing towards the the moon like his jump was like unrealistic it's kind of it was a cool shot i gotta say wherever he is because i think it's gonna have some type of indiana jones vibe the way he's like adventuring oh, okay. around yeah they say it is gonna be like a globe trotting kind of series You're right egypt right so it makes sense that's where he first gets the powers or is it a power i don't know 
it's more like a problem really yeah curse yeah exactly right um so i i'm looking forward to seeing that so much he's like it's a lot because of that run that we read the the jeff lemire one but yeah there's a lot to the character that they could play around with uh, maybe one of the darker series they could do there they cut they always call it marvel's batman but there's more to it than that yeah i don't think that's 100 percent accurate yes uh what do you think about his look what do we th- i mean we don't get to see much but i like what we see like it's feels comic book accurate yet also like realistic in what a real world costume would look like you know what i mean like uh it looks both like ancient like it looks like wrappings almost yeah but also like realistic in the in the modern time like it doesn't look it kind of looks like a mummy i'll just be honest it kind of looks like a mummy <laughs> okay <laughs> right yeah, yeah. it's like wraps yeah it makes sense Egypt. yeah but it looks it looks cool he's got a white cape like it looks uh superheroic yeah uh <laughs> battle ready if you will yeah, uh, I wonder what the villain is gonna be. Uh, what's his um? What's his villain? I, the one we read, it wasn't really revolving around his like main villain. I think there's like uh, a, another character like Scarlet or something like that that might appear. Okay. Um, the like Egyptian evil god is named like Seth or something like that, but that's kind of just right, like some. Yeah. Uh, iconography they might bring up seth uh, rogan seth rogan the, the uh, mcu's most <laughs> evil villain <laughs> uh yeah so i'm really looking forward to that and what do you want to talk about next any other series um, you look forward to she hulk looks very good yeah what do you think and, uh i like how it, it seems like they're going for like um what's the term like comedy drama like dramedy dramedy i guess like it feels like a fox show <laughs> okay uh like 90s early 2000s sitcom new yeah, york i style. think they really went with like that theme and like the one of the shows they're trying to like align it with is like ali mcbeal okay i never watched a single episode but i honestly know exactly what you mean <laughs> okay <laughs> and um it's played by a uh, tatiana maslani right right yes and i think she can really bring that like almost like funny quirkiness to it but also like the the stature of a she-hulk like with with power right i think she could play a powerful woman because you kind of pick that up on this lady that she you knows she's a professional uh new york person right and also mm. she becomes super strong at a certain point so yeah. she's gonna exude this power yeah and in the comics she is cousins with bruce banner so we do get to see mark ruffalo in it both as like hulked out hulk and bruce banner right i have a question like that last shot with the two of them what was that it was like an 80s thing so like I think they're trying to make it look like a commercial, right? Like they're trying to shoot a commercial for her law firm or whatever. Oh, right. Okay. But also it was a nod to the old school Hulk TV show. Because there's there's like a pose and like the attire is like identical from a clip from that show. Like it's an Easter egg. Well, how are they going to make that? that How is that going to make sense in the story? Like I have no idea. Like, is it like a joke? We're doing an 80s commercial inside this TV show. I don't get I, it. I think it's, it's maybe like, we don't have any money, so this uh, is the best we could do or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I hope it's funny. I, I don't really... I, I know, like, the She-Hulk comic has this fourth wall breaking element to it. I wonder if they're going to do mm. that. I, I doubt they're going to do fourth wall breaking, but I think it is going to be kind of meta, kind of like tongue in cheek with some of the some of the elements of the show. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like a joke on the Hulk, Hulk thing, right? That like, right. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous that I just turn into this gigantic monster. Yeah. And be tongue in cheek about but I, it. I, and I have to go to the courtroom right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> with a parachute, right? <laughs> so um, we get to see a shot of Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, as Smart Hulk from like Endgame, right? Right. And and um, She Hulk, or not? I guess she's maybe not She Hulk yet in the in the clip, but she's in some kind of like scientific chamber room. Yes. And I think they're like running tests on her. Some type of experimentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think she's like reverting in and out of being a She Hulk, or is it um, she's green all the time? I don't think she's green all the time. Yeah. Well, maybe just in the start, but maybe like towards the end, she has to be green all the time. But like in the comics, she is kind of green all the time, right? Yeah, I think so. It depends on the, the run, but most of the time she's just like an in-between, very hooked up person and then a regular person, right? Yeah. Like she's not like um, changing and it's, she's not really like um, the mind is not changing. Like she's always just like, uh, what's the name? Jessica Walters. Is that Jennifer Walters? Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, something like that. Right. But like she goes to work as like green and like hulked out right in the the, the suit right the lawyer suit going on yeah. and it's the marvel universe so people just accept it it's normal now right. by, by these standards so hopefully we get to see something like that i hope i think it's gonna be kind of funny so that's what i'm looking forward to it yeah so i think there's like the the comic book that was came out in the recent years is like she's like the lawyer for all the marvel people characters so she could be like a center point right a lot of these right a lot of these series there's like a reason they're making them it's just to more connected yeah. tissue for stuff and then the, these showrunners can have fun with it right yeah so i i really think like in the background they have a plan uh and these shows even though some of them seem kind of like unnecessary or yeah. out of nowhere i think there is like a connective tissue that we as the viewers don't know yet or haven't can't see yet but later down the line they're like oh there's a reason why these shows are made because like i'm questioning these decisions to make like one an agatha harkness show yeah and then like an echo series like both of them are spinoffs of shows that are kind of spinoffs of the movie yeah right i mean let's go so let's focus on agatha agatha yeah. house of harkness um yes catherine Hahn returning for the character i don't know what the vibe is yet do you like do you is it like a like a scary thing because she's a she's a witch uh yeah i think it's uh, again i think it's gonna be scary but also kind of funny because i think yeah. her character is kind of funny in one division uh catherine han and whatever character she's playing whether it's one of the people of the eras or her agatha character right and then the echo series which is kind of a, a spinoff of hawkeye yeah i don't know what that's gonna be about at all like can you do a whole season of that character? Do you, okay, so I think you are more familiar with the New Avengers storyline involving her. Sure. What is her? Does she have a power set? Is she just like you know martial arts ready? As she's kind of like character? Um, she's kind of like Taskmaster, oh. or she can mimic. That's why her name is Echo. She can copy. I, I don't know skill. I guess. Okay. Does uh, is she mute at all or anything like that? I think she's deaf. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I remember her character had like a handprint on the on her face or something like that maybe that was just the style mm-hmm. of the character i don't know um i yeah i don't know their decision for this because uh i saw it a little bit in the little bit we saw of the hawkeye clip that came out along with yeah. disney plus day but okay no i don't know i don't know what the decision was to make a whole tv show around her okay this is my guess yeah uh could these characters eventually end up on a thunderbolts team oh like all of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you need a you need a magic person oh dr strange type okay yeah so you got agatha right oh. All right. And then you need uh, a fighting Hawkeye-style person. So you get uh, Echo. I see. Okay. M- man on the ground type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then you got, like, all the other ones. You got Yelena, Belova, and you got fake Captain America. 
Wow, they really are just like one to ones, kind of of each other, right? Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like what what can we use, and then we're just gonna like make a show for that, <laughs> so that way we have a reason to use them later for the big team up. Okay, is this the Thunderbolts, or are they just gonna call the Dark Avengers? Because that makes sense more. I know we've thrown around Thunderbolts a lot already. That yeah. seems like a lot like a Dark Avengers, more of a Dark Avengers team. Yeah, I I also think like though like it's being run by Val, right? Oh right, okay. Who works for the government? So it's weird to call like the dark avengers that's a kind of a weird name for the team but i essentially yeah i think that's what they're going for okay interesting again these are like a lot of characters i'm not like in love with yet yes i, I haven't met echo yet and agatha agatha's <laughs> you, kind of you haven't met her yet no 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 i have not met her yet i didn't appear in the hawkeye tv show um agatha i guess maybe is the funnest character so far the other ones mm-hmm. uh fake captain america yelena yelena's kind of fun but still um we also got to see a little bit more of secret invasion and they even like changed the logo to make it more matching of what the threat is which i am probably going to be the scrolls even though they're kind of different than in the comics right scrolls in the secret evasion storyline they were like badass like they were just like yeah they almost took over the earth right they were kind of fun because they were just like a arrive on earth as like almost copies of the um heroes right but also mm-hmm. they'd be like a mix, mix match of the heroes like you could like touch attach on like different like this one's wearing thor's cape but he's got an iron man <laughs> <Sure>. head <laughs> it was kind of a weird idea that was fun in that but uh i don't know what their approach is for this either are they going to be refugees are they are there like factions like good scrolls bad scrolls right yeah uh, obviously scrolls have been around like if you like in, in one division at the end like one of the government agents or whatever was a scroll remember that was it really oh yeah to oh, talk yeah. to uh rambo or whatever in the theater so like yeah so like scrolls have been around like they have been invading since pre like iron man right because um what's his name nick fury has like let them in or whatever they're like embedded right they're almost yeah. they're almost his foot soldiers more so than like yeah. shield interesting so i wonder if there is a point where like the scrolls are like hey we're so involved let's just take over oh it's like freaking hydra all over again like they're in the middle I of guess, it yeah yeah <laughs> just take it over mm-hmm. uh yeah there could be like some type of revolution like they they are starting to get power in earth it's been what 20 years since captain marvel they've just been there yeah. Maybe they decide to now's the time. Uh, yeah, and then now Nick Fury realizes it and he has to come back because he's up in space right now. Yeah, is that Sword or not? I don't, I don't really know yet. Are they calling it that? I don't know because like Sword in one division was not even in space, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, is there anything to say about uh, Nick Fury's new look? Blue eye, scratched face. He's old. He's old. Yeah. <laughs> he's not wearing the eye patch anymore. Not wearing the eye patch, right? Uh, if you think about it, he, it's almost like he knows more than. The watcher like he oh he, he is the watcher he's the watcher he knows everything what's going on this whole time the watcher's just been up there not knowing what's going on <laughs> my guess is um you know in us winter soldier when he everyone thinks he's died right and he faked his death okay yeah 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 i think since the events of that movie he's like left earth and gone to space and let um the scrolls pretend to be him while he's like running space stuff okay i mean what have we seen since then is there a whole lot of him like ultron we saw him and uh i guess that might be it (laughs) yeah in uh, no way home we already know that was not him oh yeah 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 so i think like yeah though we see him in other movies those versions of him was actually ben mendelsohn just Uh. like working for him (laughs) 
yeah, I, I think you're right. I've been thinking that for a long time. Maybe he was he wasn't on Earth for a long time. He's been touched down in a long time. He's been up there hanging out, uh, drinking my ties. <laughs> yeah, chilling with uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, next up, I, this is the thing I think you're most excited about, is X-Men 97, the animated... Oh, I you are going to talk about the Groot series. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll talk about X-Men. I are, I guess so. Uh, X-Men 97, continuation of the original X-Men series, X-Men 92. Like, it's going to continue, that's what they say. Like, oh. It's a not a reboot or retell. it's like, we're picking up where we left off. I didn't know that. Wow, I thought it was just yeah. going to do everything frame by frame, just remaster it. Okay. <laughs> I mean... I would love that too, but <laughs> I'm glad they're doing this. Um, some a lot of the original cast is coming back to just continue really yeah. playing the characters they were. Uh, a lot of new characters are going to be involved now, and um, I mean, if they don't have the exact same intro music, like untouched, if they change any note, uh, they already failed. Like I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> it's a it's a modern era. Don't you want something new? It's been five years no, since. No, the- you don't <laughs> you don't mess with perfection. If there's nothing to fix. Don't fix it. Uh, that's hands down like the best uh, superhero cartoon, right? Song. Um, so I don't think they could touch it at all. Like you said, a lot of the voice actors are returning. I'm pretty yep. excited about that. They did an awesome job with that. This series is pretty much a soap opera, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, they did not dumb it down for kids because um, kids are smart. Kids know what is good and what's bad. And they knew that this was very good. And that's why I loved it. Like they had <laughs> love triangles and like controversy and lying and backstabbing and revenge. And, right. And superpowers. <laughs> So some like good characters that did not did some bad moves, some bad characters that did some good moves, some great characters, right? Yeah. Uh, a whole lot, of, like the whole spectrum of things and deep questions sometimes. Uh, I really learned like a whole lot about not just X Men characters, but just Marvel characters in general. I learned a lot from this show. I learned about crazy. like wow. uh, like Miss Marvel, like Carol Danvers. I learned about her in the X Men show and oh, how right. Rogue stole her powers. <laughs> It all just goes back to X Men, right? This is like everything is in relation to X Men for you when it comes to comics. I mean, uh, if anything, I, it really just justifies my tattoo, my whole arm <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, actually, <laughs> because <laughs> everyone's on Avengers Jock, but I got an X Men tattoo because I know that one day X Men will be the top of the top again. Oh man, you know all the compliments you get about your tattoos right now. Next, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, X-Men 97. <laughs> no, no. X-Men 92, where it all started when comics were great. And uh, also, like, they had the fold-out covers. Oh, yeah. And I have it signed, too. So oh, X-Men sure. number one. Holographic, uh, you know, <laughs> poly bag, right? Yep. That's when comics were good. <laughs> I know it would be a good idea if they just had like the same comic but different covers on them it would sell a lot oh, more. Yeah. Like different variations of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to do wonders for the market, let me tell you. Um, that's not the only animated series coming though. There's there's a couple more. Um, we know What If Season 2 is coming back. That's right. I'm, I'm excited for that again. I kind of like Season 1. Um, there's a Spider-Man Freshman Year series yeah. coming out. What do you think about that? Uh, do I you think, want this? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to see how... Because essentially, I believe this is going to be like Tom Holland Spider-Man origin. Is it? In animated form. Because it's going to be Tom... That's why it's Freshman Year. It's like him pre... Uh, 
meeting Iron Man, right? It could be, yeah. I'm not sure. That's what I. That's what I think. It. That's what I think it'll be like him. You know, getting his powers, making that weird uh, onesie suit that uh, Tony Stark makes fun of, and then maybe we actually get to meet Uncle Ben, the MCU Uncle Ben. Oh wow! You know, we've never seen that storyline done before. So <laughs> this origin no, I, story. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think an animated version of that would be fine. Uh, I'm not going to be as excited about it as the movies or anything like that. But I'm for sure going to watch it just because it's there. Um, It seems like the animation style made it look a little bit more retro. Like almost like the Mm -hmm. throwback Spider-Man like 60s. Because they said it's like celebrating the uh, early like roots of of Spider-Man. So maybe they're going to do like pseudo modern also old type thing. I don't know. You know, in like um, the Spider-Man movies, the, the MCU ones, when the credits roll at the end. Yeah. Sometimes they're like animation credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope it looks like that. Like kind of like almost like just like someone who can't draw drew it. <laughs> Why would you want that? Like it's like sketch or like, I don't know, like because they look kind of fun. I'm not saying do a whole show like that, but like a little bit like that. That vibe, like the rough edges, fun yeah. to it, right? Uh, Feel like high school a little bit, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, right. Because this is, again, like a year younger uh, Spider-Man. He's a freshman year. So yeah, uh, I wonder if, what vibe they're gonna go with. Is it gonna feel like the classic '90s Spider-Man or the MTV Spider-Man? There's a lot of different Spider-Man series. I think Spectacular Spider-Man, kind of newer series. Yeah, I think it's gonna be like that, like the one on Disney Channel. Yeah, I think you're right. The newer one. I yeah. think it's gonna feel more like that, more aimed towards kids. Because I think though it's on Disney Plus, I don't think there's any Marvel shows aimed at kids. Like even What If was like, nah, that's not for kids. Yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe that's why they're not making it, putting it at the forefront of all this stuff. Um, and there's like the I Am Groot thing. So it's like specials or whatever for kids. But yeah. um, I think they're not making, you know, promising a lot from this. Like it's an, like an adult series, right? Yeah. One show that I think is definitely for kids and not for adults is the Marvel Zombies <laughs> <laughs> series coming. <laughs> Uh, spun off of like just one episode of the What If. I, they're doing a whole like series now just on Marvel Zombies. I gotta say, I'm pretty excited about this. I like that episode. That's oh, like my so? favorite yeah. episode. I think what they're gonna do because if if it's just from that world or whatever, they're gonna introduce new heroes to combat like our zombified MCU heroes already. So we might get to see some new like debuting heroes in this. Interesting. Uh, how are they gonna handle that? I mean, it's already a harsh world. How are people getting superpowers at this point, right? Like, right. What, what are they doing? Mm. If you can't beat like someone with powers, imagine if they're also like undead. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're going to have to have heroes if you're going to survive all this. But uh, I don't know what other characters they could introduce. I don't know if, who they have plans for yet for this series, but it's going to feel like a younger generation, they say. Uh, yeah, I, that sounds like that Walking Dead spinoff of those like young people fighting. Oh, yeah. Did you ever watch that? Hell no. 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 <laughs> okay. I, you know, like I'm Walking Dead is such a love hate relationship relationship for me oh really yeah it's a hate hate for me i know it is i know it is but never watched it didn't give it a try <sighs> never see never okay uh well Mar- marvel zombies i have higher hopes for i think it'll be better um if it's anything like the episode on what if i'm gonna like it because the animation in that looked really cool like it yeah, looked agreed. i want to say it looked better than the comic book zombies i think so too yeah they have a lot of more hands working on this one right yeah and if, if they go to the extent that the comic books did like it gets pretty crazy like more than what we saw on, on what if oh yeah there's a lot that goes on you're right it's not really for kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
did they mention Loki 2 season 2 at all? I don't know if I saw it. I saw a lot of people talking about it. Maybe they just assumed it was going on, but I don't know if I uh, saw like an announcement for it. Yeah, I don't know if they officially, officially announced it. We know it's going to happen. Like they set it up and I think they green lit it already, but there's no like actual like, hey, it's guaranteed to happen kind of release. Right, right. But it, honestly, like that's the one I'm looking forward to maybe the most. Is that your favorite uh, Disney Plus series? Uh Marvel series? I haven't seen um, Hawkeye yet. Yeah. But so far, probably. Yeah, I, th- I think I would agree with that. There's so much it impacts, right? It's that and WandaVision. Depends on what day it is, I think, for me. Um, okay. Was it a Friday or a Wednesday? Because then if it's a Friday, <laughs> it was WandaVision. <laughs> this is when it was released? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any other series we haven't talked about yet? Oh, there's the Ironheart series. Ironheart, yeah. We don't get too much info on that. Ironheart, even Armor Wars, um, both of which I, I mean, I want to see, but I have no idea really what they're going to be fully about yet and yeah. how they fit into the rest of the MCU. So uh, I'm not like super excited for it yet. I'm not like on the edge of my seat for it. I agree. I don't know what's going on um, with that series yet. Ironheart, still also like a character I haven't really read yet in the comics. So maybe I'll tune into that for them all right lastly i want to know what your expectations are for um miss marvel miss marvel okay i think it's gonna be fun right uh a younger hero taking up the mantle of of a marvel i guess you'd say right yeah uh it looks fun so far there's nothing uh bad or good about it yet as far as like turning me away from it right now what do you think i think they saw shazam yeah and they're like oh their captain marvel has a kid our captain marvel needs kids too so they're making a Marvel Shazam style series. Yeah, yeah. that's why I think it's going to be funner. It's more of a, a younger uh, property, right? Yeah. I hope they lean into her culture and the difficulties she has to do with that because that's what I think made the, the comic book special, right? It yeah. touched on a, a different population that you don't typically see represented in comics. And, you know, that's kind of a lot of her character. Right, yeah. She's that before she is a superhero, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. more of what she is. Right. So there's like a journey there of her like self-realization. I don't know. Mm-hmm. My question is, do you think that is Terrigen Mist or not? Is it in humans? Ah. <sighs> This is the biggest question that I don't really care about uh, because I don't I don't really like Inhumans. Yeah. But I think in a way they can be cool, right? Like the royal family idea is kind of cool. But right. having so many of these, like we already have in the MCU, we have Eternals and then we're going to get mutants. We need a third superpower type of race species thing so, like, yeah not really so i kind of hope it's not terrigen mist i hope maybe because marvel does this they change the origins of powers all the time so if she is such a mar captain marvel fangirl maybe she gets her powers in a similar way yeah i know what you're saying it's gonna maybe be easier as far as the equation to just cut the inhumans out right yeah. the thing is i'm not a miss marvel fan like super fan right is that gonna are yeah. like anger the super fans that they're gonna rewrite the history of that i really don't know how much that plays into a character honestly like if you ask the average marvel comic book reader i don't even know if they know that she's an inhuman 
Yeah, she's just like a, a Marvel, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. She just has powers. It sounds like it's like a Captain Marvel thing. Yeah. So if you're asking what I prefer, I prefer it's not Terrigen Mist and they don't have to deal with Inhumans. But I understand why. Like, if they say it's Terrigen Mist and they kind of just allude to Inhumans and we'll like, we'll explain it later kind of thing, or, maybe I'll be okay with that. Or explain it never and just like move it yeah. along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just go with it. Move the Terrigen Mist. Okay, we're moving remember, on the story. <laughs> do you remember how? Um, Monica Rambeau got her powers just by like forcing her way through the barrier of of the WandaVision town. Well, that, that'll do it, right? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so like maybe it's something like that. Like she gets, she's somewhere she's not supposed to be and just gets superpowers. Right. It almost looks like the same thing. She was like blue, the Monica Rambeau force field she's pushing through and this one's like a purple. Same deal pretty much. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter how they get it. Like Spider-Man, we didn't even see him get it. He just shows up and has it. Yeah, that's true. We don't, we, nobody knows his origin story. Yeah. If only they would explain it to us five times. <laughs> Maybe an animated version would be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, again, you said earlier in the top that we're recording this on Monday, right? Right, we are. And if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow, Tuesday, is going to be released a the next Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Right, perfect timing. <laughs> and then and then our show will be released on Wednesday. So by the time you're hearing this, you, the listener, has probably already seen that trailer. You're ahead of us as far as the yeah. news goes. <laughs> so you tell us how it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then us recording this now, I have not seen it yet. Uh, so I can't give an honest opinion yet, but I can give you a speculative kind of reaction. So why don't we kind of just fill in the fill in the reactions and then we'll just put that in where appropriate, okay? Okay, okay. I'm so glad they brought back Topher Grace to play Venom and got <laughs> Tom Hardy out of the picture. <laughs> oh, man, could you believe that they did not bring back any of the Spider-Man but just James Franco? That was perfect, perfect call. <laughs> perfect move. Perfect move for Disney as a whole. They need him in the in yeah. the MCU. This is the perfect Green opening. Goblin is back and it's James Franco. <laughs> the one everyone wanted, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I almost wanted to say like, let's wait till it comes out. But it's like, I don't want to. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, you will get to it. I mean, uh, you. I know you're tempering your expectations, but I'm still excited. I, Whatever goes on, goes on. I'm leaving it up to Kevin's Kevin Feige's hands. He's got it planned, you know. Okay, yeah. Uh, again, you, the listener, have seen it. Me, the host, has not seen it yet. So uh, I'm just going to be like, Ugh, I'm not impressed. <laughs> Already. <laughs> You just like being the first to things, you know. You're this is the one time you're for sure not. <laughs> All right, I'll give you both reactions, and then you just feel. I'll let you know next week which one was true. I'm like, meh, it's okay. Or also like, wow, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Cut that later. Cut it out later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll let you. I'll go back later and tell you which one's true. We'll have to cut this out for sure with this conversation right now that we're having about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Future Chris, remember to edit this out. <laughs> All right. And guys, don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on all major podcast platforms. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're at the Reader Copy Podcast. Man, wasn't that Spider-Man uh, trailer so good? So amazing. Let's talk about it. All right. W- would you rather have seen Spider-Man 4? You think that would have been good? Oh, Spider-Man 4, the Raimi one, right? Yeah. After- yeah. Ooh. 
Yeah, I think so. I think Raimi would have came with a vengeance after the studio, you know, effed him, you know, because <laughs> he <laughs> screwed, him. screwed him because he made a movie he didn't want to make. It didn't, it, the end product was not what he wanted to make, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Forcing down They forced him Venom. to, yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> this, I don't know. Here's my reaction to not seeing it yet. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What I do know is that we're doing a Jurassic Park comic book this week, and Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies. For sure. Yeah. I know it's one of your favorites. Let's jump into Jurassic Park. Daniel, what is your favorite movie? Uh, my favorite movie is uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. right, what's, your, what's your favorite movie? Depends on the day. Maybe Dark Knight or uh, I also like the movie Drive a lot. Drive? Really? Yeah. Favorite? Yeah. Depends on the, the day. Okay. All right. My favorite is Jurassic Park. Really? <laughs> <laughs> The original uh, 90s movie, Jurassic Park. Um, the sequels get worse, but I still enjoy them. I just like dinosaurs. Really? I didn't... Okay. I I don't know if I've ever seen 2 and 3. Oh, really? Lost World and... I think it's just called Jurassic Park 3. I think I've seen Jurassic Park 3. That's the one where like they lose a kid, right? Yeah, man. The fact that dinosaurs exist is like the least unbelievable thing. Re- really? The more unbelievable thing is the kid survived like three months on the island by himself. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a. I remember there's like pterodactyls that I thought like these are scarier yeah. than the raptors and like the T Rexes. Like that was kind of cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as like the plot of the movies, they got worse and worse. Worse and worse. Wow. Okay. Even the like Jurassic World. What do you think about those? Jurassic World, in many ways, it was like the Force Awakens of the Jurassic Park franchise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Where they kind of just rehashed a lot of. The, what was good of the original good point good point just new characters new dynamics yeah. okay hey throw chris pratt in it yeah that'll sell yeah let's see how what that did for his career <laughs> um but then uh what was the second one fallen kingdom yes yeah i did not like the kids in it but the there's a lot of good stuff about it that i liked like the scenes and even the stuff that's off the island was kind of cool it tried to go back to that whole like big question like actually difficult questions type of feel that the first sure, movie yeah. did that like we haven't really had since then right yeah like should they even be doing this always the answer is no but they keep doing it we gotta make more movies so <laughs> yeah we gotta sell comic books is what they said yeah exactly <laughs> that, that's what they were thinking about so uh, I want to do um, the Jurassic Park comic book uh, there's a lot of iterations, but we're doing the one by IDW, which came out in 2011. And the, we're doing the first five issues, which is called Ooh. Dangerous Games. It is by writer Eric Bear. And um, the artist, surprisingly, is one of my favorite artists, Jorge Jimenez. And I say surprisingly because I don't like the artwork in this book. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Man, I was wondering how long it was going to take for us to talk about it. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Uh, Jorge Jimenez is, is like literally one of my favorite artists now. Like he was in my top five Cogra creators when we made the list episode. But this is his some of his earlier work. It, it almost is unrecognizable to his work now. Like this, to me, it's like bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty bad. I was wondering, is, is there just some multiple factors? Maybe the colorist doesn't know how to color for this so i think that actually added like kind of lessened it a bit is like the colorist is not doing his work any favors 
And yeah, but even with that, like washed out. Even with that, it's not. I can tell it's not Jorge Jimenez level. Yeah, um, it is very anime inspired. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, that. I would think. Yeah, it looks very anime to this the is point a manga. where, like, the, <laughs> yes, I, I was reading it the wrong direction. That's why. Uh, also, um, there's scenes where, like, you know, like an anime or a manga where uh, a person would kind of like surprise somebody or a climax of a scene, or someone whips out a gun or something like that. And it's very dramatic, so that there's these like hard movement lines in the background, like oh, like like oh yeah, this is a crazy scene. Like there's a lot of those. <laughs> there's a whole lot of that. The expressions are very manga. Um, yeah. This just points to me realizing Jorge Jimenez is an anime fan. He's a manga fan. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> um, I can see like his foundation in this, like where he started, but now his his talent level has has gone up m- many notches to now, like. Uh, it, it feels very like like it's better than I could draw, but not yeah. that much better. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, at this point, but now obviously he's a very excellent professional artist who's drawing for like Batman and Superman and Justice League, and he's done a bunch of great work. Um, I wouldn't categorize Jurassic Park as one of them. <laughs> It's just about 10 years since this came out. So if you think about it, is that like, can you, it's kind of wild to be that good in 10 years, like the, the, the jump, I think. I don't, I, it seems long and short at the same time. Like, wow. I think I know what happened. Um, he got a tablet. Oh, is that it? No, <laughs> I don't think so. His, his artwork now is definitely digital and it looks way better. Like the, the textures in it now look like the Batman costume in his artwork now looks like it's real. Like you could feel it. I think uh, this could be digital too. I don't know. Maybe just figure maybe just got a newer tablet then <laughs> yeah it's almost hard to believe that he this is from the same artist that i love so much um the writer eric bear uh he's actually i think more of like what do you call these books like he writes books novelist <laughs> yeah um one of his more popular ones is uh the mongolad mongolad i think it's like more of like a fantasy novel kind of thing or like a you know like a night tale or something like that okay right like sword and shield maybe yeah but he's also done um writing for like video games oh okay you think that pays good like really good or i know it's weird to think about depending on what kind of video game that's true right for because there could be like multiple story plots alternatives you have to write like depending on how the player plays the game right yeah or it could just be the reverse of that like you're writing the story for brick break or something (laughs) (laughs) i wrote the story for tetris yeah right But yeah, um, I think this is one of like the few comic books he's done. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Um, though I am a huge Jurassic Park fan, the reviews for this series were pretty negative. <laughs> um, I think one of the reviews for the first issue was like a D. I was and wondering, then, is this the best Jurassic Park you could find? Like comic? I, I think there's better ones, but I saw that Jorge Jimenez drew this one. So I wanted to do this one. Perfect. And, but yep. Thanks a lot. Uh, I also think this is like the last comic book about Jurassic Park since because it was so bad. Wow. Okay. <laughs> they ruined the movie franchise with a comic book. Yeah. Wow. So I thought, let's definitely do this book then. <laughs> it's going to be a good podcast episode, let me tell you. So when you think about Jurassic Park, you think about obviously the dinosaurs and scientists and um, drug cartels and CIA <laughs> underground operatives, right? That's what you think about? That's that's just one-to-one what happens in Jurassic Park <laughs> 1, right? 
Because in this story, it takes place after the events of Jurassic Park, but we're following not scientists or anything. We're following this undercover CIA agent named Daniel Espinosa. Okay, right, nice. <laughs> he is underground in this, like, it's pretty much like a cartel that runs their operations off uh, Isla Nubar, which is where Jurassic Park is. It's the Jurassic Park. It's the actual it's I- the island. the island of Jurassic Park, yeah. I mean, uh, that almost seems like it could be a movie at a Jurassic Park. If it, <laughs> <laughs> the the head of the cartel, his name is um, Cazares. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Cazares. Cazares. You gotta put C a z a r e s. So put a put a little accent on that. Cazares. Cazares. Yeah. Cazares. Uh, he pretty much bought the island with his like drug money, I guess. Wouldn't you? I guess. Because yeah. it's, I believe, in continuity, it's off the coast of Costa Rica or something like that. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. But the government, you know, they don't want this island. So they sold it to this drug lord. Isn't it like the the world's responsibility for this not to go to a drug lord? Wouldn't it, I mean, the UN probably have to put a say in the matter. Do you want to deal with dinosaurs? Just oh, let, good point. I'll just make some money off of it while you can yeah all these all these dinosaurs are gonna be drug addicts <laughs> so he buys it and he runs his operations out of it like they, they ship stuff out of here they sell stuff um, and the reason he bought it was like i feel like i'm the ultimate predator so i came here to show the dinosaurs i'm better than them. are you serious <laughs> yeah uh, after these mean streets he needs to, like just one up everything so is he's holding dominion over the dinosaurs is what you're saying when you're like an evil super villain type you're like a dr no or something like that or dr evil you have to have a cool base right you're gonna get the dinosaur island <laughs> he chose dino island <laughs> So we follow our main character. This is the underground, undercover CIA agent named Daniel Espinoza. It starts off with him like he's part of that crew already, like he's undercover. And immediately, like second page, he's discovered <laughs> as the mole, as like a rat, right? Him in the middle of packing some drugs. They're, they just put a gun straight to his face like, we gotcha. <laughs> We're wondering who it was. We know it's you, Daniel. So <laughs> right away, he's caught. And they already um, round him up, band- uh, tie him up and capture him and fly him off in a helicopter yeah they take him to what what i like about this book is we see actual like scenes and sets from the movie oh yeah so they they take him to like uh, you know like in jurassic park there's like the main entrance headquarters like where the lobby is right you right yeah yeah they take him there, and that is, like, where the boss hangs out. Like, that's his place, right? That's, like, his little throne room, right? His base of operations. Yeah. He's sitting on, literally, a throne made out of dinosaur bones. And he's there. It's like, oh, uh, this is when he tells him, like, I feel like I'm the ultimate predator. That's why I moved my headquarters to Jurassic Park. <laughs> Freaking Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> to show the dinosaurs I'm, I'm the real threat, whatever. But I'm also a fair fair man so like i prefer to hunt i don't want to kill anybody that can't defend themselves so what i'm going to do is i'm going to let you loose for 24 hours and then i'm going to have my men hunt you down in jurassic park maybe you won't even survive 24 hours because of the dinosaurs but my men will definitely kill you right oh, okay. so he, he ties him up throws him back in the helicopter and then throws him into like the water out in like the middle of jurassic park and they just leave him like this rusty knife, right? And this is like, I'll see you in 24 hours, right? 
And this guy, this Savaris guy, he's not the one really hunting them down. He decides to assign his like right hand guy to hunt him down. This guy called Tiburon. And yeah. this guy looks like he's like crazy with like the reds of his eyes. You see him kind of like wicked smiling teeth this like savage of a person and this is where like oh this is for sure a manga because of the, his expressions <laughs> guy he's the most anime-ish thing in this whole book oh my gosh um, they all have like these weird like uh, it's just very anime like pointy chins <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway they throw um the cia agent daniel spinoza out into jurassic park he's in the jungle on his own and he's like i gotta figure out how to get off this island um but also like i'm scared of dinosaurs so i don't want to <laughs> die not? so he actually um he's so tired that he needs to rest so he climbs a tree first right to sleep overnight right right he he pulls the hunger games i think katniss right, actually yeah. does that she ties herself up to uh the tree and sleeps for the night because that's where it's safest he wakes up and he looks down and through there's literally like dinosaurs walking the grounds under him. He sees it's a giant stegosaurus. Stegosauruses are cool. This would be like, a, you know, a scary sight for anyone. The first time you see a dinosaur in front of you, actually below you with like the, ste- yeah. the spikes pointed straight at you. It's terrifying. It's like a herd that's just like walking through the jungle. So he decides to like go down and actually follow it because like never seen a dinosaur before. And they pretty much lead him to like the local like watering hole. And it's like a scene from the movie where you see hella dinosaurs just like drinking from this water whole lot of different species of these dinosaur when you see the predators erupt from the shadowed uh woods and comes in like these like raptors like they can look like feathery raptors as they pounce on the different prey there, biting off some of the herbivores drinking yeah and um i, I do like this book how they portray dinosaurs because uh, they draw some of them with feathers which is not in necessarily in the movies is that more real like dinosaurs they have more feathers than we think right like i think there's no way to tell yeah that's true because feathers don't fossilize but it's theorized that they actually were more feathers than scales really okay that's it we just didn't like imagine to have feathers because we didn't have them right like with the bones and everything right we pictured like lizards right okay well and they're closer to to birds i think they're big birds on a scale of fur to scales i prefer scales (laughs) (laughs) i okay i gotta say with art here, Jimenez does a great job of drawing the dinosaurs, not the people. Right, yeah. The dinosaurs, it's weird because the dinosaurs don't look animated. They look realistic. <laughs> they look pretty badass. I think he did a good job on them, actually. Right. So um, all of a sudden, like you said, one like bigger predator dinosaur shows up, kind of like a raptor, starts attacking the, because it's a bunch of herbivores here, Yeah. Uh, of veggie-eating dinosaurs, and the predator comes in and attacks. So he like runs away, right? And he he hides in like the jungle. He sees another dinosaur approach. This is the one with like the big back head. Like it, I don't know what you call it. I wish I knew dinosaur names, no, but they're very hard. I don't know it's either. A, okay, it, it's a Parasaurolopolis. Okay, you know those. You know, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, it's wounded like one of its legs is, is messed up so it can't really run and Espinosa's like I'm hungry I bet I could kill this dinosaur with my knife and eat him he gets the pounce on this thing and it's already wounded on the ground he takes it to the throat with his knife and then cuts up a bit and he's like oh wait finally something to feast on when from behind erupts one of those kind of bigger raptors about to attack him and Espinosa just jumps out of the way but he trips and falls to the ground this bigger one it's almost like halfway between a, a raptor and a t-rex because it's like a bigger one yeah i think it's called it's called the allosaurus 
Oh, okay. That sounds familiar, actually. Now, before we continue, uh, Espinosa's plan was to kill that dinosaur and eat some of its meat. Would you eat dinosaur meat if you could? I don't think it's going to taste good. They're, they've got to be way more muscular, right, than like anything in the world right now. But you, don't, you might not have a choice. It just freaks me out to eat an animal that doesn't exist. They're basically impossible meat, beyond meat at this point. They're beyond meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they have in like Whoppers nowadays. Ah, oh, that's what it is. No Jersey wonder Park. it kind of tastes like meat. The McRib. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the Allosaurus shows up and it's going to chow down on the dinosaur that Espinosa just killed, right? So he's like running now and it's a full like sequence of the Allosaurus like chasing him. But all of a sudden these smaller raptors um, pounce on the Allosaurus. Like it's a whole gang of them and it kind of like scare it away. They seem to be saving Espinosa as he's on the ground and they just attack this Allosaurus and Espinosa just kind of knocks out, but he's saved from these gang of raptors. He wakes up and now he's in a cave and He's surrounded by these uh, raptors. Now, in reality, raptors are not like what we see in the movies. They're not that big. Oh, really? They're They're smaller? They're actually, I think they're small. They're kind of like turkey sized. No way. Yeah, they're not that big. Yeah, I think they're like that. And they're more like birds. Like they have like feathers, I think. So them being like such ultra predators, like they make them out in the the movies. Are they like that? Where they're like the smartest though? No, I think they are great killers. And and one of the best like hunters, but they're like pack but ones. They're not, but they, I think they made them huge in the movies, like kind of bigger than they really were. I think Interesting. Uh, just because wow. like they're scarier that way. Crazy. Okay. So he wakes up in the cave and he's surrounded by these raptors. Turns out these raptors are part of like uh, a herd who is in charge of the herd is a human, <laughs> a human lady. Uh, this is Doctor Francis White. Yes, she's a redhead with uh, a very tight shirt. <laughs> With her her midriff is exposed, but, and uh, they draw her very scantily clad. That's how you know she's a doctor. <laughs> she's very smart. <laughs> well, she's actually like an animal behavior researcher. Okay, that's her field. Right. So she's actually pretty smart. She um, studied animals, and so the Jurassic Park brought her on to study these raptors specifically. She's essentially Chris Pratt's character before Chris Pratt. Like she has trained these raptors since birth and they obey her and she's like their their mother almost like handler like she has raised them and they listen to her. But the people at Jurassic Park didn't like this, right? Um there was like an executive that didn't want her in charge of these raptors. They wanted like more of like a, a big game hunter style guy in yeah. charge of their dinosaurs. So um, they like kicked her out. They actually like even like pulled a gun on her Jeez. and the raptors turned on that guy and killed the executive. So she had to like run away and um, so that she wouldn't be like caught by the Jurassic Park people. Right. So she's literally been living on Jurassic Park in the woods with her raptors throughout the events of the movie. She's like hiding in the jungle. She says she'd rather live there than go back to like human life just hates these humans the jungle is her place now and these raptors are kind of like her family like her children that uh, she takes care of meanwhile back at the like cartel headquarters uh Kassars is like 
uh, hey, uh, what's his name? Tiburon? Tiburon, <laughs> yeah. Tiburon's like, um, I know it's not 24 hours yet, but uh, that guy is going to die anyway, so just go kill him, right? Let the hunt begin, pretty much, right? And it's like this whole like dangerous game, right? That, that's like the name of the book, right? The most yeah. dangerous game, <laughs> hunting down humans. And supposedly Tiburon's like one of the best hunters. He brings like a group of, of his guys, and they're doing the thing where like he's like watching the footsteps on the ground, like he's tracking it, and he's like, ah, oh, he went this way. And they see like all the dead dinosaurs like along the path like they know he's been over here and um so they're they're on his tail already right meanwhile uh espinoza and dr white their plan is to get espinoza off the island right she kind of knows how to get him off but she's like we need to talk to someone first they need to go to an ally she says so the doctor takes espinoza to this kind of pathway and it's an interesting sight there's like just a bunch of dinosaur rib bones sticking out of the ground that make like a pathway right like a whole like tunnel and Espinosa's like, what are we doing here? What's going on? It's midnight right now. They walk towards the middle. She disappears. And then from the shadows erupts two beady white eyes. And it's revealed to be a T-Rex coming straight for him, like kind of slowly walking towards him. And he's alone now in the middle. It's very Skull Island, like very King Kong right Oh, now. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it does seem like that. And like the T-Rex is approaching him. Like it, they're so close, he could like smell him. It, the, it's like blood all over his mouth. And the T-Rex kind of like sniffs him and looks at him and then turns around and leaves. Like doesn't hurt him, doesn't touch him. And and he's like, you know, pissing his pants already, right? It's a giant T-Rex. And then the doctor shows up again and she she was like, oh, that is like uh, pretty much like the queen of the jungle here. I see. Okay. Like the, the apex predator. And that was all like a test to see if you were worthy. And she ruled that you were now that you're you know still standing here. Yeah. She's like, you, you're worthy enough for my time and I'll help you get off the island. And then meanwhile, Tiburon, is, they're like hot on their trail and they're about to like, I think they find like the lair for Dr. White, like her cave that she lives in. But instead of finding them the raptors find them and then they attack Tiburon and all his men and it's like the scene in, in the second Jurassic Park where it's like nighttime and the raptors are attacking the hunters and they're just like shooting at anything with their machine guns because they can't even see the raptors they're they're literally like pouncing and like taking them out it's kind of the scary side where all the people they're getting pretty much eaten up in in the nighttime um, and we see Espinoza and the doctor making their way now that she's ready to help. When out of nowhere, she gets caught up in a trap, like a, one of those nets come up from below and carry her up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it's Tiburon now. He has a gun drawn on Espinoza and he's like, I found you. Like, now you're going to die, right? And then Espinoza looks up at uh, the doctor who's like caught in the net and she's even like, just run. My my raptors will set me free, but this guy's going to kill you, so you can just run. And he's like, okay, and he runs away. <laughs> he goes jetting out of there, and he makes it to like this edge of this uh, waterfall with like, a whole bridge going on, and he enters the building right next to the bridge. It's like a pitch black building, right? And he can right. hear there's even dinosaurs in the shadows of this building. He's just got a flashlight trying to walk through there, but it's I think it's like there's like a lot of shots like this in Jurassic Park 1, like you're in the, yeah. the building and it's just you and you know some dinosaurs in the building but you're just terrified mm. yeah man the movie sets those scenes up so well and the book doesn't 
the book, the comic <laughs> the, book, the, the comic book. Um, there's a scene where like he's he's like walking through the building, right, with a flashlight, and he's like, I gotta find like something to use, and he sees like this glass case with guns inside, but it has a lock on it. So he finds a screwdriver and he tries to like pry the lock open. He finally does, but it makes like such a loud noise that the dinosaurs in the building hear him and track him down. And these dinosaurs are the kind with like the short stubby beaks. Yeah. But you, like almost like snapping turtles. They they kind of look like those ones that like to headbutt each other. Those dinosaurs kind of like sure, that. Sure, yeah. 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 So they're attacking him now. He grabs the gun and draws it on them and pulls the trigger. There's no bullets. Whoa. <laughs> what are you going to do now? Um, he can only find a mop to push these dinosaurs out of the way as he runs out the door behind him, tries to push the door locked. Um, and he's able to make it out of there. These freaking dinosaurs are about to hunt him down and eat him. But guess what? As soon as he gets out of the building, Tiburon's there. He's tracked him down. He's found him again. So uh, Espinosa jumps and hides like behind this like um, forklift, right? And Espinosa, uh, Tiburon's almost like playing with him. He's like, I know you're there. Like, I'm going to find you kind of thing, right? So Espinosa has to like figure out a way to get out of this. As soon as he can position Tiburon in the right place, he turns on the forklift and pushes Tiburon straight almost like off the cliff of this, this whole island. And Tiburon's just able to get out of the way while the forklift makes its way down the, the cliff. So um, now it's just like them two and they each have like a knife and they hold it the cool way. Oh, you yeah. You know where you hold it going down instead of like up. Does that make sense? Yes. It's more uh, dangerous that way. Yeah. It's more slashy. It's more like stabby than slashy. You know what I mean? No, I think it's the opposite. It's more slashy than stabby. Well, slash isn't slashy like when you're holding it forward and you kind of slash or stabby it's like going downward. Oh, okay. I would do the I exact it works opposite motion. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a cool way, you know, when you kind of put up your fist, but the knife is going down your, down yeah. your palm. This is a comic book. We have to do it the cool way. <laughs> so they're doing like this battle. It's it's just like the Beat It music video. There you go. And they're, they're like ripping each other's shirts and they're trying to cut each other. But in the end, uh, Espinosa is able to like get the upper hand, knock out um, Tiburon, even knock out like one of his teeth, right? Dang. And he headbutts him and pretty much kicks him off the edge of the waterfall and he just falls straight down. All right, our uh, Tiburon is, is out of the way. Still, Espinosa is in this, you know, dangerous island. It's been a day now of him just being awake, just being fully awake for 24 hours now. And he is tired as hell in like yep. the most dangerous atmosphere he can be in. He makes his way back to where the doctor is. And the doctor's like, oh, I'm so glad you're alive. Like, um, my raptors freed me from the net. And they killed all the <laughs> all the men except for one, right? And I have them tied up. So they go inside and he's like gags with like, uh, it looks like a really thick vine. So they cut it off and they're like, okay, you're going to tell me everything I need to know. You're going to help me get off this island. And he's like, how do you guys like get in and out of the island? And the guy's like, uh, we have a helicopter and the pilot and they're at the hotel. Cause like Jurassic Park is like a resort, right? Right, right. It was supposed to be like a theme park, right? So there's, there's for sure a hotel. And then he's like, okay, uh, that's where we're going to go. Uh, and then the guy's like, okay, well, what are you going to do with me now? You're going to set me free. And then, uh, the doctor's like, no, we'll just kill him. We'll let my dinosaurs eat him. Yeah. Some dinner. 
<laughs> even even the Espinosa guy's like, whoa, that's like, no, that's too much, right? What are you, you're you're kind of crazy now, right? I don't get it. Like they just killed like a bunch of people a second ago. <laughs> but I think it's like she hasn't seen a human in years, so she's very like survivalist. Just why not? Yeah, we these raptors got to eat, right? And they're like, no, um, I'll find the pilot, get on the helicopter, and once I'm off the island, you set him free. And she's kind of like, all right. <laughs> right? So uh, what's their game plan to get in the base of operations? They are going to set up a, a stampede of triceratops to break into like you know the electric fence that's surrounding everything. Right. Um, so it's like a two-part plan. Dr. White, she's going to gather up these triceratops with her raptors and cause a stampede. But to break through the electrified fence, um, Espinosa has to find like a the security building and shut off the electrified fence pretty much the power and this is directly from the scene in the movie except it's the reverse where the doc in the movie they're trying to turn the power back on he's trying to get into that room to turn the power off because it's the same exact board and sequence and everything really okay so it's just a callback to that yeah i know this It's funny too, the the guards there standing by with their guns looking at the triceratops. They're just like, oh, well, they're going to make it to the fence, but they're going to be electrocuted and just turn around as right. they just watch them rampage towards them. Yeah. Little lady, you know, at the exact moment, Espinosa has like switched off the power and the triceratops, they just like bulldoze through the fence. Like it's nothing. They just get crushed and Espinosa and Francis, the, the doctor, has their way into the, the facility. Espinosa finds the pilot and the pilot is like, it's almost like he doesn't care. Like he looks like just like a goober kind of guy. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's just a regular person. He's the pilot. He's, he doesn't have to be a goon or henchman or anything. He's yeah. just the pilot, dude. Because then Espinosa like, pulls a gun. I was like, give me the keys to the helicopter. And he's like, okay. And he like, gives it to him. <laughs> he's not he's not playing aside. He, he doesn't want to die. <laughs> yeah. So he's able to get the keys. But a bunch of henchmen are now after him. Like They're shooting down the hallway. So they have to like send the raptors out to kill those guys so that Espinosa can get away. And it's... It, it's just like the scene in the movie where they're like the head of the raptors are like peering through the shadows, right? He's yeah. like, clever girl kind of thing. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a lot of like scaffolding with like uh, plastic curtains going on. And you yeah. see these these raptors just inch their way through the, the, the curtain mm-hmm. and it can peer. And you see they're, they're hunting right now. They're eating. They're getting ready to eat these henchmen. <laughs> Espinosa is escaping by climbing down like this, this like um, crane thing, right? But that crane thing is like knocked over and he falls to the ground. And we see the thing that knocks it over is like this giant stegosaurus. And that stegosaurus is wearing like an electrified collar around its neck that is being controlled by Carceres. So in a way, he's like controlling the stegosaurus. Like it's under his his like obey or whatever. Right. Almost like on remote control as uh, the drug lord is trying to instruct this dinosaur just stomp out Espinosa. And there's some funny shots here because we see the stegosaurus is going against the head of Espinosa. And Espinosa just has a gun. <laughs> And it's like, what are you going to do with that? (laughs) 
Yeah, like he's shooting it, but it's like it's like nothing to like. Uh, yeah, like the skin of a dinosaur. It's like a rhino, right? Like it's like almost like armor, especially a stegosaurus who has like literally armor plates coming out of its back. Rocks, pretty much. So what he does is he ends up finding like um, it's like one of those electrifying sticks that the men have been using to like corral the dinosaurs. He finds one of those, and as the stegosaurus like charges him, he kind of like um, he like olays to the side, you know, like uh. What, do you, what, are, what are those guys called? Bullfighter? Is that right? Yeah. Like a, yeah. Um, a matador? Matador, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to the side and uses the shock uh, stick on the shock collar to like... I don't know, like disarm it or something. So now this Stegosaurus is loose and Spinoza doesn't have to worry about it. Just let it loose, right? He can, he can mm-hmm. go about his day. And so the Spinoza's just going back to the the main lobby building looking for the drug lord. Carceres, the drug lord, sees Dr. White sitting on his throne, right? And she has been kind of like the thorn on his side for years now because she's always been on the island and they can never like find her and kill her. And they finally like, she's like in front of her now. And and he's like yelling at her because like he's saying like I'm I'm the true predator right I'm the biggest threat right here right. on the island and the little as you know behind him appears Espinoza and like he like knocks him down and like punches him out so now it's just the Caceres in the middle of this lobby all the raptors all of her raptors are surrounding him and he's beat all the henchmen are kind of gone out and did not willing to fight these raptors let me tell you that yeah. so uh, he lost I guess in the middle of this lobby and Spinoza like grabs the keys out of that guy's pocket, Carceres, and it's the keys to like a dirt bike motorcycle. <laughs> and he's like, all right, doctor, uh, I'm getting out of here while I can. So there's a whole sequence now where he literally jets across the island on a dirt bike, avoiding like giant dinosaurs trying to kill him. Just just because it's cool. Just so that we have it, just so that we can see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he's like doing jumps and stuff like over dinosaurs and they're like trying to bite him. And he finally makes it to like the helipad at the end of the island, jumps in the helicopter and like flies out of there. Like that's pretty much how he escapes, like this overly dramatic escape sequence. (laughs) Right before he's able to like, you know, make it all the way out, there are some big dinosaurs just about to take a chomp of the helicopter, but he's able to jet out of there just in time. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect timing. Later that night, we are back on the island and we see uh, Carceres. He was knocked out, right? He finally wakes up. It's the middle of the night, but he's not in his like throne area anymore. It's back in the middle of the jungle in like that Skull Island looking area. All of this, this little pathway of bones. And it's, of course, the doctor putting the test to see if Caceres is worthy or not. And let me tell you, he's not because the T-Rex is about to eat him. <laughs> the T-Rex comes out, looks at him, and then just like full on chomps it like, like it's the view from inside the Terex's mouth, and it's like you know he, he just like ate Carceres, and um, I thought this was really really clever. At first, I was like, this is this is dumb that there's like this whole like sacrifice. Are you worthy? Scene in the book it's, with a T Rex. Yeah, I think it's like almost. It didn't. It's not fit for the world, really. Right. It's very like ritualistic. But I think it might be the best part of the book because it's like something <laughs> new. It's like kind of interesting, <laughs> but it, it does not feel like it's part of this world. It feels like it, it could be an, of of a manga or of an anime. It looked like that kind of idea. <laughs> but when I was thinking about it, it makes sense to me now. Really? What? And how it works? Because if we remember from the movie, I don't think this is true in real life, but in the movie, uh, the T Rex can only see movement. So if you stand perfectly still, the T-Rex can't see 
you. That was in the movie? That was in the movie. No way, really? Yeah. You don't remember Jurassic Park? That was like a big part of the movie. Actually, no, so, they mentioned that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So when the T-Rex goes to judge Espinosa, he's like in awe of it and perfectly still. So the T-Rex doesn't see him, leaves him alone. He's worthy. When the T-Rex goes to see Carceres, he's freaking out and moving around and jittery. She sees that and eats him. So oh. scientifically, it makes sense. I see. Okay. This is all just kind of a whole roundabout test that the doctor made up, but it's not really a ritual. I think it's kind of, eh, you it's know, kind it's of kind both. of both. Like, <laughs> it just makes makes it fit in the world. But um, this feels very un-Jurassic Park to me, the whole story. There's a whole lot of elements. There's, okay, there's the drug cartel that seemed like out of nowhere. <laughs> um there's there's a survival aspect to it a bit for 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 um uh, Espinosa sure. that that does happen in Jurassic Park like everyone the idea of like a uh, a doctor wrangling raptors and being able to control them like as far fetched as it is it happens in the movies already you know i realized she's basically the the mix of both characters in Jurassic World the redhead <laughs> <laughs> you know lady and then a uh, dinosaur wrangler <laughs> <laughs> the I know the audience of comic books sometimes. Yeah. And who they try to appeal to, but they did not shy away from drawing her very, like, over sexualized. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I had to double check when this book came out because I thought it was in the 90s. Yeah, I, I think Jimenez still does that to this day, but I think he just does it more in an eloquent way, I think. Yeah. This one was like, her shirt is ripped. There's, there's barely anything covering her. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's all those elements you just listed. He still does. It's just a bit more tasteful kind of <laughs> just now it's batman that we see exactly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um Jurassic Park still one of my favorite movies and honestly like there's parts I liked about this comic book yeah yeah it, it's silly dumb uh, and kind of some parts are just like oh my god that's stupid but other parts are like that's eh, kind of cool <laughs> I can I, I I almost read it like I'm watching a bad movie somewhat like like I'm, right, I'm getting yeah. ready to laugh at this the whole time mm. I'm reading it um, I again with the artwork I had to look it up was it like a different Jorge Jimenez when I was first researching like is this the same guy I think it's the same guy. I think it's in under his credits. So I saw that too. So I mean, it was him, I think. You gotta start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jurassic Park is definitely more your thing, but is it, also do you like this this stuff like the moralistic aspect of the first movie? Like you know, you don't get that as much in the other ones. Do you? Is that what you like about it? Is it just big dinosaurs? What you like? I definitely like big dinosaurs and being like you know in awe of them. I honestly like. I'm scared of dinosaurs. Like truthfully, like it's like one of my biggest fears. Like. I remember watching this in the, as a kid and thinking like this has scarred me for life. If dinosaurs were real, I would I would just kill myself because I'd be too scared. Did you think they were real? Like when you're watching, like oh, no. this is a documentary. No, I, I obviously this is science fiction, but that doesn't help with like being scared of them. I'm still scared of dinosaurs. Here's a whole scenario that I wanted to to ask: If say Jurassic World was a thing, mm -hmm. it's been no, I wouldn't running for a year. No, nobody's died. Would you <laughs> no. sign up for a ticket to go? It's free. No, I wouldn't. You're no. Bryce Dallas Howard's no, nephew. Would you go? <laughs> if if someone was like oh you're on uh you you daniel are trapped on jurassic park and i have to go save you i'm like mm. what uh he's probably not gonna be alive <laughs> <laughs> you have to enlist chris pratt's help the real chris pratt <laughs> 
What I did like about the book is they revisited scenes at like settings from the movie. And I thought that was really cool. Okay. You had more familiarity. I knew that the lobby scene and stuff like that. Is, was those ribs, the that skull, Kung, skull Island type of thing, was that part of the original movie? No. Or was that new set? Okay. No, yeah, that. that was not in the movie. And I wonder, like, because if a dinosaur dies, it doesn't make, like, a perfect tunnel of ribs like that was there. So, like, she might have took the time to actually make that hallway of ribs. <laughs> Some set decorating to make it happen? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she had to find those and set it up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, the thing with, like, the raptors and controlling them, you think that's possible? Like, they're dogs? No. I mean... Again, you said they're just chickens. Even in uh, modern-day animals, modern-day apex predators, uh, when people say, like, oh, they have tamed them or whatever, they still end up attacking their their trainers or whatever. Right, true. Siegfried and Roy, who had been training tigers and lions for years, I think one of them died from being mauled by one of their tigers, right? It's true, yeah. Like, they're famous yeah. tigers that they love and grew with. Yeah, so I, no matter what type of... of uh, trainer you are if it's an apex predator or something that is not used to being like handled like that eventually they're just going to go with their with their instincts and attack it all depends it all depends if you're the alpha or not that's all of it (laughs) all right well, um, Jurassic Park, the comic book, Dangerous Games, still only uh, continues to uh, heighten my fear of dinosaurs, really? but in a different way, just because this book was so bad. So I'm uh, more scared of Jurassic Park comic books now. You don't want to live this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sign up. So I'll, I'm also, I'll go. Really? I'll sign up for a ticket. If it was like a year, two years of safe, all things good, all signs out, yo, why not? What about- I don't know if I could afford it, but- Arachna Park. Hell no. <laughs> okay. That's also- uh, one situation that there's bigger lizards there bigger birds right does that mean like the e- ecology would erupt big spiders yeah yeah then no they get I, the spiders from primitive uh primitive earth time where remember how back in the day bugs were huge we'll get like a giant spider i could i could survive dinosaurs i cannot survive big spiders All there's right. no way you know what's funny is in universal studios there's the giant spider in the harry potter ride and the jurassic park ride so yeah both our fears are in the same place <laughs> uh, can't believe we're so well, that, that was uh yeah that was uh jurassic park dangerous games not the best comic book but it, it was okay i think that was a fun episode <laughs> i'll say that yeah want to get into side stories let's do it so you know i've just been like a netflix fan recently i've been talking about it sure. the last couple weeks i've just been on the pulse uh, we talked about one of your uh, Netflix uh, pickups last time, right? Was it the um, the cowboy movie? Uh, Harder They Fall. Right, right. I watched probably what everyone else is watching on Netflix now. I watched Red Notice, that new uh, rock movie with Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. and Gal Gadot. Uh, I'm always like one week behind you because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay, well, I... I I'd recommend it. It was fun. It was a good time. It's yeah. the like the dumb action movies we get nowadays. It's like mm-hmm. those are just more of that. Good, thank you. Good, good movie. <laughs> more of that. <laughs> um, so the 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 basis, right? Ryan Reynolds, he's a an art thief. Um, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson is chasing him down because he's like a super cop. Like he's like works for like Interpol or whatever, and he's chasing down Ryan Reynolds. Turns out, um, well, Ryan Reynolds wants to be like the number one art thief, right? He wants to be like the Danny Ocean of art, right? <laughs> Okay. And then uh, there's another one competing for the spot, Gal Gadot's character, who is like kind of, it's kind of evident that she's better than Ryan Reynolds, actually, like as it goes on. 
And um, the way they the org- the story organizes it, they have to work together to hunt down the big score, right? It's just like a big heist movie, right? Uh, nothing to write home about as far as the story goes, but the action is pretty fun, right? There's like a, okay. there's a thief and then there's someone chasing the thief. There's a lot of foot chases in the movies and <laughs> the way it's filmed, it's really fun. It's like, uh, mm. there's obviously stunt doubles, but when we have those stunt doubles, there's like a lot of whipping shots to like get across, like jump over things or whatever. It's like kind of like, um, what's it called? Hardcore Henry. Like those like shots where like following the uh, guy. There's a lot of yeah. those that are kind of fun. Oh, really? Some some shots, like quick, not not the whole stretch of that, but some shots okay. I found like, wow, that was good cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a, also just a lot of shots because it goes like, it's a globetrotting adventure. Like you're like different countries and all that. Uh, like Italian museums, like a Russian prison. You go everywhere in the story and a lot of awesome set pieces. There's like a jungle too. Gives me Jumanji vibes with the rock in the middle of it. Um, so I, I, all I can say is like I'd recommend it. It's dumb fun that I'm enjoying. Uh, I think I like it than some of the recent like Fast and the Freeze movies I've seen. Whoa, okay. Whoa. Yes. All right. The, you can't take it back. Obviously, the budget is not as... I think not as comparable as far as big cars crashing into things, but I think some of the the action is funner. And like Ryan Reynolds, I think he's to a certain point you're thinking like, are we gonna be tired of Ryan Reynolds with all the quippiness? Yeah, this cemented it. No, he's a treasure. I think I think he's, <laughs> he's, he, he's we, can count, we can count him as a treasure. One of America's treasures. He's he's not too much. <laughs> uh, also, he's, I don't think he's American. So he's, he's not. What is he? He's Canadian. I think. Well, that's uh, it's North American, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he's in a North American treasure. Perfect. He's, he's right. perfect. Fine. In Gal Gadot, uh, I mean, you know, she's beautiful in the movie. But also, I, I I don't know if she might she doesn't play as much as the other two, right? I don't know if she could play as well. But I think she holds her own as far as the fun aspect of the of the the movie. So okay. yeah, I don't think she was a weak point at all. Um, is this gonna? I mean, if this ruins the movie, don't answer it. Okay. But what is a red notice? Oh, uh, Do they explain that? It doesn't ruin the movie. Uh, a red notice is like, because he works for like Interpol, right? And then like okay. just like a red notice is like the biggest level of like crime of like warrant they have out for these thieves. It's just the highest notice. Red notice. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's it. All right. Uh, yeah. I was wondering about that too, because I saw the trailer. I thought it was going to be kind of fun with these three in the middle of it yeah. all. I mean, they're three like, you know, like uh, action movie stars that know the formula now, how to yeah move to the top. All three of them are kind of just Voltroning it in the series, in this movie. <laughs> I do want to check it out. I, I I read that it had like the biggest opening weekend for Netflix like ever. I can believe it. I mean, you have like three superstars right now that are killing in the game. I thought it was an awesome movie. Uh, yeah, I want to check it out. Speaking of The Rock and Fast and Furious, did you see that Vin Diesel went on social media to try to like, it was almost like a sorry, not sorry kind of response. Like almost like a backhanded, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know you're talking about, but well, let me try to decipher what you mean. Cause, well, because like, he says like, hey man, we're two grown adults. Well, we shouldn't let this, uh, something between us um, hurt the fans who want to see us on screen together so let's just let's just you know get the hash it out you know it's me vin diesel you know your family <laughs> you're not family but your family look at us yeah we're family <laughs> you can have any beer as long as it's a corona <laughs> what was he, he says a, that in the first uh, he says in the first pass oh really i don't <laughs> you can have any beer in the house as long as it's a corona it's it comes full circle <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah he's pretty much saying like 
he, he nowhere does he say like I'm sorry or anything, but it says like you got to come back so we can like finish these movies. Yeah, it's almost like an olive branch, but also it's like we know this is your fault, <laughs> right? It's not though. Like yeah. I don't believe it's it's the rock's fault. I think it's kind of like, hey man, you got to come back. I'm not sorry, but come back because we're gonna make so much money. But I'm not sorry. It's on come, you. But come back. Yeah. yeah, it's on you now. Uh, to if if this doesn't happen, it's now your fault, not my fault. <laughs> He's like using the fans to like rally him back into the into the cast, I guess. Right? Yeah. Honestly, like yeah, put the Rock in it and kick out Vin Diesel. That's what. I, that's a better answer. Have the Rock play both roles. <laughs> <laughs> And be angry at himself. <laughs> I want to see Dwayne the Vin Diesel. <laughs> Vin the Rock Diesel. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, like uh, I do want the Rock back because they did have good chemistry. And even when he was in like the other ones, like Fast Five, they're in it a lot together. Right. But the ones where the Rock comes back later, he's not even in a lot of scenes with Vin Diesel. Was that because of the feud already was going on? And I think so. The... I think there's already behind the scenes Ooh. tension. I wonder if that's why... I, uh, well, I think Fast Five is better than like six, seven, and eight. Do you think that yeah. could be the cause of it? Like just the story writing, they couldn't make it fit as easy and they needed to have them both in the movie. Do you think that could be it? I think it? contractually he was required to be in the movie, but he didn't want to work with him anymore. So like in the last movie that they're in together, The Rock was pretty much like isolated from the story like oh. his his story plot in that movie was he was so badly injured that he was in the hospital what and then he doesn't show up to like the end again to like save the day and he's still not even like in the scenes with them like he's kind of like on the side what so he's in the movie and they have like a couple of scenes together but like majority of the time he is alone and the rest of the crew are them and then i think at that point he was like i just don't want to be in the movies with these people anymore Ooh. so make my own movies with Jason Statham. Yeah, okay. I am I kind of I'm okay if they just make those movies the the Hobbs and Shaw movies together and just make Hobbs and Shaw 2 and 3 or whatever. Um so this is supposed to be like their swan song, right? 10 and 11, the, the joint two yeah. movies. So I guess having the rock in there would be good. Uh. I don't know. I I, I think really maybe they'll do. I think that they just they don't have the same work ethic, and the, the Rock doesn't agree with that. Does he hate that's more than? I've, that's what I heard. Does he hate more than just Vin Diesel? Like, does he not like Tyrese and Ludacris? Because, I think it's Tyrese. Yeah. Oh, really? I think it's both of them. Because like uh, the Rock was like, uh, I don't like working with people that show up late and don't put as much effort as I do and all that stuff. That's what he said online without naming names. But I'm willing to bet it was Vin Diesel and Tyrese. <laughs> I don't know, Tyrese, he's holding up the whole franchise, I think. <laughs> it's weird. He's like the Deadpool of it because he understands like this stuff. Like he sees the reality of it. Like he's outside of it. Yeah. Like, How are we not dead yet? <laughs> That's why I kind of like that movie. I like that movie way better than the, the ones before that. Uh, I like it because John Cena's in it. Yeah, that that whole story plot point, it's almost like it's more believable if The Rock was his brother and they just didn't bring it up this whole time. Then John Cena was just on the sidelines. Like, <laughs> they look alike more. And like, <laughs> they, he had a huge hiding a brother. <laughs> uh, well dude well that was red notice <laughs> you better not be running a whole movie franchise without me <laughs> uh i i love the fast and furious franchise i'll just say that and i hope the rock comes back but i understand if he doesn't just uh as long as they end it with them going back in time to bring back half of the population that's how i want it to end <laughs> they want no, they have to outdo that to the, at this <laughs> point <tough>. yeah <laughs> 
All right. Um, is that all you have for Red Notice? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Red Notice, the uh, the twelfth fast in the first movie, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, uh, Ryan Reynolds is and Gal Gadot are in the Fast and Furious like universe. I know Gal Gadot right? is. How is Ryan Reynolds? Because Ryan it? Ryan Reynolds was in Hobbs and Shaw. Really? What was he? Art thief? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he he was like the FBI agent that was like Are you the rocks like handler like he gave him the mission or whatever. Oh, there's okay. like a scene of them in the diner. And remember, he oh, even yeah. like copied the rocks tattoo. Like he copied it. Yeah, yeah. So technically, it's all one universe. They're all this Fast and Furious is in Marvel. That's what <laughs> okay. Everything is in Marvel now. I bet that's that scene. Like his whole role in that movie was just because they were on the same set for Red Notice. And like let's just put this oh, in yeah. Fast and Furious. I bet they filmed that scene like on the set of Red Notice. Like they should have been like, let's flip a coin, decide what movie to put this in <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just swap name characters here on the script yeah. <laughs> wait who am i again <laughs> yeah um what i want to talk about this week is something i promised to talk about last week okay and i did go and watched eternals finally okay so now we heard we heard what you had to say about it that was like spoiler free because it was just out that weekend i tried to. but now it's been out a week or two weeks now we can go full spoilers like don't hold back so if you haven't seen it yet, maybe skip this part. Um, catch us next week. But from now, moving forward, we're, we're going to spoil Eternals. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. Finally, yeah. you saw it. Okay. I I loved it. I think I liked it better than you, and I want to watch it again. It sounds like you liked it better than me. Wow. <laughs> I look at ba- listening back to our episode last time. I think I I did downplay the movie more than I really felt in my heart, but okay, I definitely liar. did not like it as much as it sounds like you did. Okay. I enjoyed it a whole lot. Um, the characters I think are very good, and I think the the way they told the story was good. Like, um, it's kind of uh, revealing the secret, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Of the true intentions of the Celestials, and uh, I really like that. And I liked each character. I feel like they were not unimportant to the story. Um, and honestly, like, I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. I felt like some were not as important. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, if I could point some out, maybe like Fastos or Makari, Sprite, maybe. Like, they're very important to the story. You think so? Fastos, I mean, he invents the thing that they need to defeat them, right? It was the Unimind. Yeah, he's the MacGuffin of the whole um, thing. Makari is like one of the cool characters i really enjoyed her character a whole lot her powers look really cool um and then her she's not in the movie a lot like she's in it in chunks okay and when we see her in modern time she has just been chilling on that ship on the ship the whole time reading books reading comics probably yeah yeah i i really enjoyed that uh, and then um who's the other one you said sprite. The sprite yeah she is like the like i don't know like the one you don't expect to to go against them and she does in a way but for our own reasons that you understand yeah yeah uh it's just when you compare them to the other characters. I thought the other characters had like more to do. And of course, it's an ensemble cast. You can't have it even across the board. I know that. Yeah. It's just... I don't, uh, okay, uh, why do you like it so much, the whole thing? Um, I like that we get to see something in Marvel that is new. Yeah, that's true. But also, Definitely. like, it's been around. So they are... Um, I, I love seeing all like the ancient stuff, like the Primitive Man and the... I think it was like Babylonia and all that Babylon. stuff that they did. Babylon. And then um, even... Uh, 
like when the humans start warring with each other and they can't do anything about it. Yeah. That stuff was really cool. When we saw Fastos, why he kind of doesn't want to help humans anymore. He gave up on them for a while because of um, World War II. Like, right. I thought that was a really touching scene. And then and then when you see him in modern time with his family, like I thought that was great. Like a big kind of like leap. The whole purpose of this movie is kind of like inclusion, right? Yeah. Okay. You got one of each. <laughs> and, and, and not just race. Like one of each, I don't know, family model. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So to see that on film, on screen now, uh, very cool. And then and then if we want to dive into the, the story of like Icarus, his betrayal of them. Yeah. I thought it was like, wow. Well, like, like I, it wasn't like a shock, but also like I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't see it coming, um, but I, it was like a welcome twist. I knew someone was going to betray them just because I've read the comics, right? Yeah. And it's sure. like, that's the thing that happens with Eternals. And they really, they really um, try to make you think it's Druig. Yeah. Well, the whole, well, I thought it was someone else because I read the comics. So like, I kind of knew who they were pointing oh, to. Sprite. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I was like, I would, that, maybe that's why I was like eyeing her the whole time. Maybe I expected more from her because of her whole storyline. Uh, but the way the way they had it be Icarus was pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. again, also not a big surprise, but well laid out. Yeah, I mean, he did betray the Eternals, but really he, the real quote-unquote villain is the Celestials, right? They're allowing everyone on Earth to die to give birth to a new Celestial. So Icarus is only following orders, right? What he was meant to, to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. And then and then he does, you know, side with them at the end. Um so like he doesn't have like a full villain arc, right? Sure. But 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 the scenes where he initially betrays them with Ajax and kills her, like I didn't I didn't see that coming. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. That's an interesting point. Okay. I guess you really did kind of root for the character for like a long time because he's just the he's the typical superhero you would think about, right? Like they're Superman. So you're kind of rooting for him right. and then the betrayal is I guess more powerful. And the way that he kind of relates to, I think Cersei is probably the most like main character we have. So the kind of the relationship between the two of them, it kind of felt the history there. So then you feel extra betrayed because there's like yeah, yeah. But it also works because you don't want him to end up with Cersei. Yeah, they they set up the movie where she's should end up with um, Dane Whitman, uh, Kit Harrington's character. Yeah. Um, so the fact that he's in love with her, um, Icarus is in love with her, but then betrays her, it like justifies them not being together. Yeah, I, I mean, for sure, they. I don't think they should be. But up to the point of the, the betrayal, you're like thinking like, well, there's history there. You can, it's like, if we're in the role of Cersei, he's like the, the secondary character that we're kind of like, it's extra betrayal, I guess. I don't know what it's saying, but... Uh, but I'm, yeah. I'm saying like, if, if, if he doesn't betray them, and he doesn't and kill Ajax and whatever. Um, I would think like you would want him to end up with Cersei. Like the, there's he is like her first love, and they've loved each other for centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for them not to be together, they justify it by him betraying them. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like extra hurt, right? Yeah, extra hurt. And then the fact that uh, Sprite is also in love with Icarus but can't be with him, and she was always jealous of Cersei. Like that felt uh, like I didn't see that coming. Like when they reveal why she betrays them, it's because she's been in love with Icarus forever yeah I thought that was like a good reveal I know the character with her and like never growing up this like Peter Pan syndrome was like a big part of the yeah. character so it's not necessarily like she be, it's like an evil thing of her it's a jealousy it's like a jealousy and just kind of twisted up inside for all these centuries of being that right and also like yeah, like being left the out. people that she thinks are like her family closer try to leave her like specifically what's the name yeah. Kingo and I thought Kingo was my favorite character actually I mean Kingo's cool yeah he was fun 
fun. I'll say that. Like, I was like, okay, I like this character. He's he's really fun. I still, I, I don't necessarily think he needed to get buff either. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Like, I think that uh, he could have been normal and <laughs> the character still would have worked. Same exact thing. <laughs> um, when I was first initially watching it, like in the theater, and then he, he doesn't betray them, but he accepts their fate and he leaves and he doesn't help them in the end. Yeah. I was like, how could they do that? And then like, in a way, he's kind of betraying them too. And then I realized later that he idolizes Icarus too. Like he was making a movie about him, right? Like he looks, he really looked up to Icarus. Like that was his older brother. They have the same kind of like power, like they can projectile stuff. Yeah. But he was always like the lesser. So like he always looked up to Icarus and always wanted to be like him. So that's why when Icarus left, he followed him in his footsteps. Not like followed him literally, but yeah. also like didn't stay with them. It's almost like he probably knows Icarus is wrong, but be, but he can't go against Icarus either. So he's just going to not play. He's our, he's our leader. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I kind of realized that after watching it, like, oh, he, he idolized Icarus. That's why he did didn't go against him interesting well you're really loving this like like breaking down each character okay i think it might be really high on my list of marvel wow there there's some disappointments that i felt like the deviants they're kind they're cool some action shots but they're kind of just big monsters like big dogs to fight yeah um, the main deviant. I thought the idea of him like becoming more humanoid was a cool like hearing that. I thought that's kind of an interesting idea, but it didn't bear fruit too much, right? Right, and um, yeah, the deviants were a little left a little to be desired. They're really just there to slow down the Eternals yeah. throughout the movie, right? If they're not the real enemy. Um, and then uh, what I don't quite understand is when the rest of the Eternals are fighting Icarus at the end, right? Okay. And then like the boss deviant shows up and also hits Icarus. Why are they not working together to defeat Icarus? Why do they like the deviant should just like kind of side with the rest of the Eternals instead of going off and fighting all of them? Well, the deviant. The, the guy was basically didn't know what was going on like a I couple guess. hours ago. It's like a yeah. you know he was like a like a monster earlier. He doesn't know what's going on yet. It's like he's like a newborn okay. baby. I think is the idea. Yeah, because then he but then he's like he captures Thena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And almost like it's almost like seducing her. <laughs> Right, right before we think he's gonna kill her, right? Yeah, because he's almost like we're both just pawns in this, so just like accept our fate. And then she's like, "No, I'm just gonna kill you instead." Yeah, right. She wasn't um, as powerless as we thought in the, the state she was in. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, her drama with like the Mad Weary, I thought that was really cool. Oh, you did really like that? I was like, why yeah. you call it that? It's it's from the comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Maybe because I didn't have as much of a tie to everything like that as far as other properties. I did read like one of the newer series, and like we did it for the show too. But maybe that's why I don't know it as well. Okay. Uh, what did you think of like the Celestials? I felt like they're pretty cool as far as when they presented in front of the the head Eternal, uh, head Celestial, whoever it was right that they're talking yeah. to um give you like a sense of awe because they're just like they look like tiny little toys in front yeah. of them so that was really fun um i felt like the whole thing about them being inside of the earth that took me by surprise i didn't expect that that's how what they were going with as far as like the mythology of everything like oh wow yeah. you're just gonna give them this big thing <laughs> we're gonna erupt and be just destroyed earth and everything yeah. like wow okay the stakes are high <laughs> 
but yeah, I really like it. Um, I even like like the little things, like the the end credit scenes. Oh yeah, yeah, like those. Some of the best end credit scenes in a while. Um, the first one with um, Pip the Troll and Eros. Yeah, Star Fox. Star Fox. Yeah, he comes out. He's presented as an Eternal, like he's one of the other Eternals from like the other planets, right? Oh, oh, is that what's going on? Oh. I think that's what they said. Like your fellow Eternal, right? Um, but he also says he's Thanos' brother. So Thanos is an Eternal, and in the comics he has like the deviant gene. So I think like he is Eternal, but also part deviant. So he's like kind of like an offshoot from like a mistake or something by the Celestials. Yes, I know. There's like a whole like they were just in like a different planet that was different from Earth, and Thanos was the outlier in that other planet. And then the Eternals uh-huh. that are in this other group were just they were stuck on Earth for a while. So there's like two different groups of Eternals, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, because then like Earth is not the only planet that the Celestials you know experimented on. So there's a lot of other Eternals out there. I think that's how they might explain away some other beings that are out there, like just to make it easy, right? Yeah, right. Do you think uh, Harry Styles was a good choice? Yeah, I, I do think so. I think um, Star Fox has that, uh, you know, he thinks he's hella cool. Yeah, kinda, he's kind of personality. Kind of a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, so Harry Styles, when he came out and he was in that full costume, I was like, yeah, that's Star Fox. I believe it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know that character too well. I have seen him in some, I think, Guardians comics, and he gives mm-hmm. off. I, I want to relate on thicker, like be more douchey about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final end credit scene, we get to see um, Dane Whitman, and he is opening the Ebony Blade, right? Yes. I love this part, because it's just yeah. like a more sinister, darker feel to it. That, right. I like. I dig that vibe. Yeah, it definitely feels like they're going, they're opening the door for more of the darker Marvel stuff. Um, and then, of course, we hear, uh, that's Blade's voice. We don't see him, but that's Blade's voice, right? Right at the end. Yeah, I'm Herschelo. Herschelo. <laughs> I'm Blade. <laughs> oh, I'm Blade. Uh, I think they're they're going to lean harder in the darker occult stuff for yeah. Marvel. So I, And I also think they're going to do so like the first 10 years of marvel then infinity stones that was it that was their everything right now i think they're gonna do more of like um ancient weapons that have power so like the ebony blade the 10 rings and whatever else will fit in that kind of kind of category will all be used for something later like they'll all unite to fight a bigger threat there was a note about the 10 rings and like their origins and something there's it's reaching out for a beacon right so there's some type of relation with i don't know whatever ancient space maybe technology out there right yeah and ten rings are from space like the mandarin's rings in the comics they're alien oh yeah i remember that yeah yeah so i i think like ten rings the ebony blade i don't know what else could kind of fit in that maybe like um maybe like something with ghost rider and then even blade like his whatever silver sword or whatever right the, um, the dark hold I mean, can you call a book a weapon yeah maybe the dark hold um uh, yeah there's i think there's a lot of things that they could kind of like force to fit in this maybe <laughs> like moon knights whatever whatever moon knight has <laughs> whatever he's got you don't even know <laughs> Um, they could fit it into this like underground darker side of Marvel and everyone has a weapon <laughs> a genre okay right like like we're dealing with space stuff and here's like just a whole different genre demonic um, otherworldly right sure Mephisto Mephisto oh are we gonna finally, <laughs> finally see it? getting Mephisto <laughs> it's, it's so weird everyone's just waiting to see the devil basically <laughs> <laughs> he's been here the whole time yeah <laughs> 
But yeah, uh, as far as Eternals, I give it like a, I want to say it's like a, a solid flat nine. Wow. Okay. For our movie ratings, we both have different scales. Like I know sure. what you mean and what yeah. I mean by a nine. Yeah. Uh, but taking that in, I think that's like a, like a, and your nine would be like an 8.5 for me. And I don't, I would not mm. give it that. I think I'd give it like an eight in my okay. scale. So, all right. So you give it like a B minus, like a B. Maybe B minus. Yeah. Maybe B, B minus. I give it like an A minus. I give it like wow. an A minus. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's where he land. Interesting. Yeah, I do want to watch it again, and I think I will enjoy it a second time too. Oh, yeah. well, we already passed uh, Disney Plus Day. The question is, did Daniel watch Shang Chi a fourth time? I was tempted to. <laughs> and the, the answer is, I was tempted to. Do. I started. I, st- I started playing it, and I had to do something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I also started playing it, and then I I reached the point where they're they're about to go to the other dimension or whatever. I was like, I don't need to see the rest. Are of you this. serious? Like, oh, I've seen this before. <laughs> it's kind of just like this is the part where like it breaks reality so like i i i, I remember this breaks reality <laughs> trust me the third time's a charm <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's what I thought about Eternals. Um, I do want to watch it again. I think it ranks high in the list of like Marvel movies. Wow. And I can't wait to see what comes of it. Like, I know the Celestials took three of the Eternals to judge them, and the other three are going there to like try to save them with Eros. Uh, and um, now seeing what Black Knight might do, uh, I'm very excited for the future of the MCU. I'm also like curious, like, how does this going to rock the world of everyone that's just living on Earth? There's like a giant hand and a head kind of sticking out of the earth and they're just going to continue with their day but jobs. it's like a part of the earth where like nobody is, right? They made it, made sure it was like some secluded island. Nobody's going to find it. <laughs> the world didn't feel an earthquake just now. <laughs> you know what else? This opens the door for Galactus. Oh, this finally does? We couldn't have had it earlier? Well, I mean like when you see a celestial, they're that big. Yeah. Now when you see Galactus, it's not going to be like unbelievable. I say just to make it believable, just make him a smoke monster. Easier for everybody. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do think we'll see him eventually. Um, probably the end credit of Fantastic Four. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. All right. Uh, is, it, is there anything else you want to talk about? That's it for me. That's it for me. Uh, Red Notice would recommend for a you know, good afternoon movie. Fun watch. All right. Yeah. And I definitely recommend Eternals. I give it a nine. Wow. All right. Again, if, it's, if you guys haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy podcast. Just search Reader Copy on all your podcast platforms. We're on Apple, Google, Stitcher, and you can even stream us on Spotify. Let us know what you thought about these two movies Red Nose and Turtles on all our social media platforms Instagram, Facebook and Twitter we're at the Reader Copy Podcast we'll be back next week I think we'll be back with the recap show next week also for uh, a little preview of Hawkeye a little primer episode and then back with another episode of the regular podcast so until then Daniel could you hit him with the outro if you like what we had to see about the book pick it up and read your copy bye see ya bye.